Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining Mike and Tim on Emotions Should Be Prioritized Over Rational Thinking. This Friday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now tell all the truth, but tell it slant. The poet Emily Dickinson wrote, suggesting that because God's truth and glory is far too bright for vulnerable human beings to understand or receive all at once, it's best for us to receive and share God's grace and truth in slant, gentle, indirect ways. For the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man may be blinded. The Apostle Paul made a similar argument in Ephesians 4 when he urged believers to be completely humble and gentle and to be patient, bearing with one another in love. The foundation for believers' gentleness and grace with each other, Paul explained, is Christ's gracious way with us. In his incarnation, Jesus revealed himself in the quiet, gentle ways people needed in order to trust and receive him. And he continues to reveal himself in such gentle, loving ways, gifting and empowering his people in just the ways that they need to continue to grow and mature so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. As we grow, we become less vulnerable to looking elsewhere for hope and more confident in following Jesus's example of gentle love. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Thank you for the gentle ways that you reveal your goodness, grace, and truth to us. Help us to find patience and rest as we trust in your loving care. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, starting out your Friday, an emotional Friday at that. It's a little roundtable article that we plucked from the Spokesman Review. It's about a week or so old. This one is being offered. Hold on, before we get into this whole emotional thing, because, you know, men don't handle that as well. Like, even, (laughs) even, you know. Uh Uh-oh, where are we going to (laughs) go? we got to be careful with this. Even, you know, know, post pubescent boys you know we're talking about education you know putting feelings before facts and logical things that are right in front of you i mean exactly this is this flies in the face of you know toxic masculinity i think and (laughs) because men are just geared differently and and this sounds like wokeified feminist push in the education system and for those of you that the rest of this discussion might bother while we're doing the rest of this show i got an ad in a magazine it's america's first freedom is the magazine and the ad was from caltech Uh so while you're listening to the emotional side of this you can go ahead and look up the uh this caltech product and it's better buy more targets with a 50 plus one capacity chamber for the 5.7 cartridge and double stack magazine the p50 pistol is the latest in our line of keltec first of its kind firearms it's a whole new class of semi-automatic pistol and i hope that you folks caught the fact that it is chambered 
Okay. Yeah, We're not talking pistol. about a drum. We're not talking about a magazine. We're talking about 50 plus one in the chamber, Capacity folks. chambered. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's an amazing. It so, is amazing so looking it's, it's, from the side view yeah. with all of them rounds sitting there so, next to each other. Wow. So, so if you have some toxic masculinity and you want to listen to the rest of this show, <laughs> listen to Mike read this article about emotions over reality as you look at the internals and the functions of this new Keltec P50 that will help this go down better. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> that is a pretty looking weapon. Uh, that is for sure. It is. All right. This particular article comes from Todd Myers, who's the director of the Washington Policy Center's Center for the Environment. And he's also the author of Time to Think Small and is based out of Clayalum, Washington. And here's how the story goes. The state agency responsible for following the science on COVID and other healthcare risks has released a new climate science curriculum for high school students. Remarkably, the curriculum is openly anti-science, emphasizing the importance of feelings and claiming that rational thinking is overrated. The curriculum available on the OER Commons was created in conjunction with the Washington State Department of Health and claims to study climate impacts in Washington State. The predominant feature of the curriculum, however, is not science, but emotions, poetry, a public participatory artwork and activism. Oh, my word. Where the curriculum does reference data, it doesn't provide evidence, but simply assumes the results, often in contradiction to the data. For example, the section on climate change and pregnancy asks the question, should we have children when facing a future with climate change? They begin the discussion with a word invented by the Bureau of Linguistical Reality to express the desire to have children while worrying about a future filled with suffering. It should be noted at the outset that this is not an accurate portrayal of the future impacts of climate change. Data from the United Nations IPCC shows that people across the globe will be wealthier in 2100 under any climate scenario. Such data-free claims are made repeatedly in the curriculum. Instead of relying on data from IPCC, the curriculum turns to something called the Bureau of Ling Linguistical Reality. The organization's founders call it public participatory artwork, focusing on creation and creating new language as innovative ways to better understand our rapidly changing world due to man-made climate change. Well, our, la our, lang God, our language is changing faster than the climate. So... They don't need science. They don't need facts. They don't need data because they're just going to change what words mean. So then when you go back and you look at an issue, a topic, a thing, they change the name of it. Yeah, they, you know, they do. It's, it's something else now. And so it's no longer the same thing. And and so they're changing a lot in uh, linguistics to <laughs> alter the course of, uh, of American freedom. And, uh, you know, population, you look at population, most of the numbers out there are saying that we're actually going to have a population population bomb not a population boom and we're going to see the world population drop it for many reasons the united states because we're not having children in europe they're not having children you know massive you know if we have poverty and we're going to have some starvation in some third world countries you're going to have china's already facing problems because they had that one child rule and they've got to 
bunch of homosexual men running around and not enough women. Yep, and uh, that's been a problem for a long time. So their population is going to start to diminish. We have aging populations in most of these industrialized countries. So, uh, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you're going to see a pretty big drop in population because the generation that had four five and six kids are all dying. And now their kids are dying and their kids, kids only had one or two or three kids. Yeah. So, you know, and of course, half of them are dying of heroin overdoses or fentanyl overdoses. So, yeah, I don't think that uh, overpopulation and climate change and the emotions around that are a good way to educate the children. Of course, if you want to live, make them live in fear and wear masks and shut everything down every time someone coughs, then I guess that's a good way for <laughs> the public schools to teach them. No doubt. Anyway, this article finishes up as such. There are other issues with the claims made in the curriculum, but the approach is perhaps best captured by the final two slides in the presentation. They show a poem with the words artfully displayed at a slant calling on grandmothers everywhere of the planet to rise up and take your place in the leadership of the world. It exhorts men to gracefully and gratefully stand aside and let them or let us do so. Finishing with the claim. How did I know that this was going to be all in the beginning? (laughs) Men, that's why I told you during this. Exactly. Be looking at that P-50, the innards, how it works, that beautiful pistol, that firearm, the P-50 by Caltech. Because, of course, this was going to go against men and they need to stand aside with their facts and their figures and their logic and let emotions rule the day so grandmas and all you feminists and radical feminazis let's just take things over so that oh, that's ahead. that you pretty much encapsulate you hit it you nailed it once I knew again that's man. where we were headed with this. and final sentence on this a curriculum that purports to be about climate science has a little of everything participatory artwork poetry, emotion, and accusations of arrogance for those who don't agree. What it doesn't have much of is the actual science. Yeah, Got to thank right. Todd Myers, again, Todd director Myers. of the Washington Policy Center for Environment, for that little ditty for sure. Yeah. And I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to read that article. And I kind of, when you told me the title of it, I thought, okay, we got to start this show for the men a little bit here because we knew it was going down that road. Okay, what else do we have over there that's along the lines of crazy? (laughs) Well, you know, obviously, when McCarthy actually won the speakership, one of the first things that I heard that he has put the Congress on the hook for would be to defund the 80 some odd thousand IRS agents that That's got right. funded a year ago when Congress passed one of their trillion dollar omnibus packages, you know? That's right, yeah. And what we come to find out is during the year of 2022, contrary to what the Democrats have been marching towards for years and years, like everybody's got to pay their fair share. The rich don't pay taxes. Everybody's got to do this everybody's got to do that with their taxes everybody's got to pay their fair share more. and then trump's taxes finally get released everybody's going oh yay yippee what are we gonna find well guess what folks you didn't find anything it was nothing burger period. well, well we found exactly what he told the people when they said oh you don't pay enough in taxes how come your your uh, secretary pays a higher percentage of their income in taxes than you do and he's like 
You guys have been running the swamp. You came up with the tax code. I'm just following the law. That is absolutely correct. So it's a little bit of an eye-opener there for congressional critters, and uh, let's hope that they are going to move to close some of the tax loopholes that are out there that exist where, you know, you've got corporations well, I, actually, that got don't a, pay any taxes. Why don't, why don't they just have a government that requires less taxes? Hey, that would be I, nice. I think that's probably the direction we need to go. I mean, the amount of money our government spends, I mean, they're spending at a rate like five times faster than they actually bring in the money at this point. Yeah. And so maybe they could just spend less money. Quit growing the government. Quit funding bat soup in China. Right. You bet, man. You know? Anyway, this little article comes from MSNBC, and it goes as such. A study of the 2022 IRS tax audit data found that a taxpayer in the lowest income bracket is five times more likely to face an audit than would a member of the highest income bracket. And part of that is that the IRS is not going to go after very wealthy people because, for one, they're not in charge of most of their finances anyways. They got accountants and forensic accountants and, and lawyers and, and everybody and bookkeepers else yeah. and yeah tax attorneys are dealing with their stuff and so if they go after you know john q public and say well you shorted us by five grand he's going to be like well what do you mean and as soon as he starts to try to fight it and he looks at oh it's going to cost me 10 grand just to pay for the accountants and the attorney to fight for five grand okay i guess i'll pay that's what they, it's a scam they've been running for a long time yeah you bet the thing of it is though folks is they better be addressing this as well as other long-term programs that they've had especially social security medicare that kind of stuff well, but sure. the, the, and those people have to pay taxes now too that's something that's changed in recent decades is yeah uh, now they're taxing the social security yeah you bet now the irs correspondence audit process is structured to expend the least amount of resources to conduct the largest number of examinations resulting in the lowest level of customer service to taxpayers having the greatest need for assistance national taxpayer advocate aaron collins said of the report during an annual report to the Congress. Wow, we're going to have to cover this when we come back. We'll be right back. To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you got to be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Emotions Should Be Prioritized Over Rational Thinking, this Friday episode here on Right Spokane. So as you were saying in the first half, basically people out there that felt like they had problems with their taxes, they got letters from the IRS and they're like, well, let's try to find a way to fix this. You know, whether you're a small business owner, a person on Social Security, working a part-time job, and they're trying to go after more of your Social Security taxation, you're like, no, 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 wait, I didn't work that much. So you're wondering why you're not getting the IRS to respond to your concerns because they don't want to finish the investigation. They just want you to send the money that's right yeah just send they, us the money they, man they don't they don't care about your review process that you want to enter into they they just want you to send them the money that was in the first letter they sent you right <laughs> you bet the, the money the dollar amount they say that you th- 
they think you owe, even though you're like, wait a minute, I closed that business five years ago. Exactly. And you happened to go through something like that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, and I know a, a number of people post-COVID that have dealt with that because of either the massive amounts of money that, you know, just flew around out there. It's got the IRS trying to figure out who got all this money, where did it all go, who frauded the government, who got the PPP money, who got the PPPPP money, you know, all that stuff. And basically, it's just caused chaos for people's taxes that were in small business or contracted to small businesses, you know, where, so they were a micro small business, if you will. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. Lots Crazy. of people. I know. It's a mess. All right. Story continues. The Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, or TRAC, at Syracuse University examines internal IRS management reports each month, and the group noticed that there were different trends by reviewing the 2022 data. Most notably, the group looked at audits, particularly considering the agency relying more heavily on automatically produced letters sent to taxpayers. The data showed that the IRS conducted 85% of its audits through these letters, which requested additional information and documentation related to specific items of interest. You know how it used letters in the plural, right? Because nobody gets to deal with the IRS in just one letter. It's letter after letter after letter of them asking for further information because basically they want to ask you similar questions over and over again to where you give them more information for them to further audit to try to trip you up so that they can say that you owe them even more taxes or to solidify their case that you owe them the initial amounts they said you owe them or they're going to take your livelihood, house, car, you know, whatever assets you have. You know, it's it's a real scary process for people and lots of letters. Yeah, lots of letters. Now, overall audits dropped from 659,000 in 2021 to 626,000 in 2022 out of 164 million income tax returns filed last year. The rate of income tax audits for those in the lowest income brackets hit 12.7 per 1,000 compared to 2.3 per 1,000 among those in the highest, a nearly five-fold increase. So maybe that's why I know more of them. (laughs) I guess I don't know very many millionaires. There you go. Now, the odds of a millionaire facing an audit were around 1.1%. This roughly matched similar numbers, 13 per 1,000 and 2.6 per 1,000, respectively during 2021. But that rate nearly doubled from year 2020 when the lowest income bracket saw 7.9 audits per 1,000. That's crazy. And yeah, you're right. You get letter after letter after letter, and each letter that you answer, you're giving up a little bit more information, and then the next thing you know, they've got enough to open the whole can. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to have to open the whole can because the government keeps spending more and more and more and more money. And guess what, Mike? We saw record amounts of money pouring into government after the Trump administration's policies kicked into place, right? Yep. Record amounts. You saw growth. I mean, even after the 80s and then there were some good times in the 90s and we've seen some recessions, but the government has grown exponentially. I mean, we talk about Washington State just in the last two decades. They went from, actually, it's not even two decades. I think it's only... 15 years. I think it's only a decade and a half. They went from a $25 billion operating budget to now we're like, we don't know with this legislature, yeah, but we exactly. were at like 63 billion, more than doubled. Yeah. 
way does. more than doubled just in 15 years. I don't know how you're going to sustain that if you're going to start seeing shortages and recession and not just the supply chain thing, but kind of like what I have here, state job growth expected to fall from 5.2% to 0.9%. So 5.2% to 0.9%. And that's according, this is Washington state, not nationally. We're talking about in Washington state, according to the Seattle times. So workers are going to see tough job market where we just saw this horrible situation where nobody could find enough labor. Well, that problem's going to start to disappear this year. And I, I did predict that last year, but now now I've got Seattle Times agreeing with yeah. me. So, you know, it's nice to see them agreeing with me, but uh, part of that is going to be because you're going to see so many retailers, you're going to see so many suppliers, because anytime you, you know people see these big headlines that we're going to start sharing with them here in a minute, where you see an employer laying off people. Well, what did those people do? What tools did they use? What services did their organization need to continue that job? Exactly. So give them the good news. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this isn't any good news. That is for sure. Here's your headline, folks. Out of business. Five popular retailers announced store closures just in the last week. And I thought it was going to be Target right out the gate. Remember before Christmas, uh, yeah, I thought it was going yeah. to be Target right out the well, gate. Well, you know, I mean, they're teetering. There's they, still time. They, didn't, they didn't make the list, though. There's, they're, they're just not being targeted by the IRS yet. <laughs> see, see. Now, over the last week alone, shoppers may have been despaired to find out many of their favorite retailers will be closing their doors for good. The inflated cost of goods, increased theft at retailers across the country could be playing a role in the closure of many, many stores. Number one, Macy's, the department store, announced that it would be closing approximately 125 locations over the next three years in late December. Now, now we've check seen a it number out, of those Tim. locations already I mean, closed here locally in the past. We have. And, and I bet you each one of these department stores, I mean, as large as they are, they have to employ at least 50, if not upwards of 75, maybe 100 employees oh, each. Yeah, yeah. So when you take that 125 stores and times that by how many employees are now going to be on the street, yeah. unemployed. Exactly. That's a huge number, man. Well, and, and if you also look at... And that's at, just one of the five stores that we're covering right, right now. Right. So those people are unemployed. So that means they can't afford their summer vacation. They can't afford, you know, to buy another car. They can't afford to do certain things. They're not going to be going to the espresso stand that they normally go to every so often or yeah. every day. So you're going to see this wave through the economy where all of these individuals who's distributing to them right yeah, what exactly. distributor is is what semi truck and what distributor is distributing their products to those stores where people can then buy them well those jobs are going to be lost too i mean some people say ah oh, it's just going to it's all going to walmart which there's some truth to that but we also see other stores closing so i think there's just going to be a lot of less consumers spending money there's going to be less money in the economy because of recessions yep you betcha now already 33 macy stores had closed by since this past december Closure plan is going to affect 18 states total. Macy's has said that the closures are in part influenced by consumer shift to online shopping, and the company is hoping to boost online sales while lowering store inventory. Now, hold on. Which store is this? This is Macy's. Okay, so Macy's is trying to boost online sales. That's right. And reduce the cost. And they're shutting down about a quarter of their stores worldwide to do that. 125 stores. Well, if they think they're going to increase online sales, I think they're probably 
telling a story to their investors that have money in Macy's stock. Yeah, could because very well be. The big boy on uh, the internet is Amazon, and they laid off, and we reported it here, they laid off over 10,000 employees yeah. before the holiday market when you're going to see them looking for holiday workers for those Christmas packages and what uh, whatnot. They laid off 10,000 Well, they had the Christmas season, and of course, I told you, Mike, I told you, I said they're going to go into the Christmas season, they're going to say, see how good it is, consumer confidence, and everybody's buying up everything. Well, it didn't exactly happen that way. No. And if it did, all these stores wouldn't be talking about this. But now Amazon, not only did they not hire all the seasonal workers they said they were going to in previous years, they laid off people. Now they're going to lay off another 18,000 people from Amazon. So I don't know how Macy's is going to bolster their online business if Amazon's not. Is having some problems, that's right. for sure. All right, the next store that's going to be shutting, Bed Bath & Beyond. Now, in September of 2022, Bed Bath & Beyond announced that it was, was was joining the club of retailers closing up shop. Altogether, 150 stores were slated to close, including several in New York. Most of the country will feel the effects of the closures as well, spanning from California to North Carolina. The closures began occurring at the same time that the store took to laying off 20% of its corporate employees. Earlier this week, Bed Bath & Beyond said it was considering bankruptcy as it runs out of cash and looks for new strategies to up their sales. Number three, Sears. Sears is also on the list of retailers closing its stores this year, but for the major department store, the closures are permanent for all 115 branches of the operation all right, so that just a are left standing. A quick number, you know, you're talking about hundreds of stores, you know, yeah. three, four, 500 stores yeah, total in yeah. all these that you've already talked about. That's a lot of employees that aren't going to have a job. That is absolutely correct. Wow. That's a lot of empty buildings. I wonder if there's going to be that many new churches. <laughs> yeah, you might have a point there, man. And wouldn't that be kind of cool? Well, or maybe maybe they should maybe they should be churches, but maybe they don't need to be. Maybe they could all be uh, private schools. Uh, that could be That'd too. Be a good place to have a private school, an old shopping center. You can kind of set up the walls where you need. There's room for two stories in those tall buildings, right? You can, yeah. That way now, the, you know, this that way we, the Sears. public schools don't have to keep building these $90 million buildings. I mean, we could maybe save a couple bucks. But anyway, I was going to say, you know, Sears is one of those those stores that had been around for 100 plus years. Hundreds. Yeah. You know, and I mean, this was the store where I actually was able to generate my credit score from. Sears Roebuck. You know, yeah. yeah, Sears and Roebuck because it was very easy to, uh, to qualify to for credit. You cars, tires. You could buy a Everything. house. My, uh, you know, a lot of the ho old houses that are uh, you yes. know, early 1900s, late 1800s were Sears Roebuck kits. Yeah, in the catalogs and whatnot that that was yeah. that was way back in the day that Pretty was amazing. just really really cool oh, people bought their firearms people yeah. bought i mean it was that was huge huge company you betcha now the retailer initially filed for bankruptcy protection last month and had a series of liquidation sales where prices went up 40 percent the news became official this month when sears said it was closing all the stores across the country the closure likely comes courtesy of the hiked up price of goods and declining sales nationwide now the fourth store is named morph or morphe have never heard of this one it must be an east coast thing also this month came the news of morph quietly shuttering stores throughout the holiday season with rumors of the retailer only gave staff four days notice before they started laying people off wow the beauty store saw many employees bond over tiktok as they shared stories of being let go with virtually no warning 
Now, yeah, I mean, now you got the TikTok employees that are, uh, well, not TikTok, Twitter. We see Twitter employees getting fired, too, so those are more jobs lost, right? There you go. A representative from the brand confirmed to Yahoo News that some U.S. stores are closing but did not share the number or locations. Next store that's closing, Joanne. Okay. Joanne Fabrics? Yeah. Wow. The Arts and Crafts Supply Store said it would be closing eight locations across the United States over the entirety of 2023. The closures will begin on January 22nd as Joanne continues continues to operate the majority of its 842 stores that exist worldwide. 842 and it's closing how many? It is going to be shutting down just eight. Oh, okay. okay. So that's pretty, pretty small for them. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. I mean, for an initial salvo, initial, yeah, okay. Yeah, but who knows what's going to happen the end of 2023? Well, if we go to war with China, people are going to have to start making their own clothes and Joanne Fabric's going to be busy. <laughs> now, the chain initially experienced a resurgence in sales during the coronavirus pandemic as people spent more time at home doing arts and crafts. However, as people began returning to their prior social activities, the retailer said it saw fewer customers driving sales traffic. Now, now, other closures coming. Kroger, okay, the food store. What? Cro- you mean the one that said they were going to buy out Safeway and Albertsons here? Uh, yeah, locally? yeah, but we're not talking about a nationwide thing here. Now, Kroger has also been saying now, goodbye. Now, hold on. Wait, we don't have time in today's show for the Kroger. I, we're going to have to you know, rib it on out the door with Kroger. That's But a it's only a couple one. of Kroger stores and Family Dollar store chain right, is that, also but, announcing but that some one, closures. That's kind of a complicated discussion because they're kind of taking over pieces of the market. So we're going to have to come back on... Monday, Monday and, and finish and, that up and discuss that and uh, some more things but we won't have to talk about city council so we'll talk about other things because city council's on another vacation there you go all of that being said you fathers and grandfathers out there gather up the family glorify and praise god give the family a great big hug and a kiss remind them you love them a lot take them somewhere nice and wonderful this weekend mike and tim we will see you on monday bye-bye